Welcome to episode 52 of Inside Jogging Podcast. We almost made it to our first birthday without one of us missing a show. But unfortunately, tonight, the man who turns 30 on the same day as we turned one, Mr. Joshua Lunn, is absent from the show today. But in his absence, there's still plenty to go through. We'll discuss the results in the night of 10,000 metres and what that means in terms of qualification spots for commies, Euros and Worlds. Um and we'll have all the usual segments. Me and Matt will go through our weeks. One of us will read through Josh's week and see if we can make any sense of it. And, and yeah, hopefully give you some company for the next hour or so of your, your run or if you're doing the gardening or whatever you're up to. First things first, Matt, nice to see you join me. How's, how's things? I am committed, mate. Always committed to the cause. I tell you what, if... Uh, if anyone is listening to this and they are gardening, you shouldn't be uh, mowing your lawns in May. Why is that? Wildlife. So there you top, go. Top tip for Matthew Clouds. So um, Gina told me that, and I was like, right, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> just doing it. I'm just doing it for the environment, mate. You are. So, in Josh's absence, should we read for his week first? Let's get him out of the way. He's not bothered to turn up, so we'll we'll get him out of the way. He's made some rubbish excuse that it's his 30th birthday and he needs to go out for a little meal. Um, isn't, he going, is, isn't he going to the crash tonight? Probably. Yeah. Um, I thought so. Who knows what he's up to. So, Monday night for May, Josh starts his week with what he calls a recovery 6.25 miles. 6.35 pace, Matthew. Sounds like recovery to me. Um, 41 minutes. He goes out in the evening, does the same thing, 6.35 miles, 42 minutes at 6.40s with Bairdy. Do we know who Bairdy is? Who? Bairdy. Bairdy? Yeah, no idea. Um, Bairdy or Bairdy? I don't know. B-A-I-R-D-Y. You call him Bairdy no if you want. Idea. Do you know a Bairdy? I've got a question for you. I don't know a Bairdy now. Um, I just thought it was your accent, to be fair. Um, so, did he do a session on Sunday? No. He would have done a long run, wouldn't he? Why has he hidden his heart rate? Who knows what the, this boy is up to, but we'll, we'll get him on next week to, to talk to us. Um, so, Tuesday, he does, he's progressed to 55-minute progression now. 15.5 mile, 5.39 pace average. He's gone three-mile warm-up. Can't have been that much of a warm-up. He's just gone straight into steady by the sounds of it. 10 minutes at 5.39s, 10 at 5.26, 15 at 5.15, 10 at 5.03, 10 at 4.52. I think this is the one he messaged me to say he did his last five miles in 25.05, which I didn't reply to, which I think upset him. Um, so, so, yeah, he's, he's done some progression here. It's not bad. It's not, but... That. It's around the uh, the Cardiff Dream Mile Castle Loop. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, so it depends because um, in my time, when I used to go around there, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. 
However, you can make it easier on yourself because I've I've heard there's shortcuts um, through the loop which are quite GPS friendly. But I, to be fair, the actual loop itself, I think it's just over. It just I think it's just under a mile. It's not far off actually. Um, but I've known in the past people have cut through the middle of it which has made it quite GPS friendly, it's I've got, heard anyway. He's got a couple of cut-throughs on this loop by looks of it, so we'll have to ask him about that next week too. There's two lines going across the loop, so... Um, Interesting. Um, yeah, 15 and a half miles on a, on a Tuesday. I want to say this is evening, but Strava doesn't even tell me that anymore. Oh, it does. 6.23. Getting, nice. getting, getting keen. Um, so that's Tuesday. Do you reckon he wore his structures again? No chance. He'll be in vape flies. There's no chance he's running 25, five miles, 25 flats in structures. Was that just last week? Yeah, it would just be to prove a point to me. And then he, he'll say that he told me he was, that was the only week he was going to wear them. But anyway, um, Wednesday, he's put down soggy 10. So he's done 10.3 miles at 6.29, hour and six. Um, Looks like he's got a bit of GPS error on on mile eight because he's made comments. Let's go have a look at mile eight. Not sure what happened mile eight, but seemed to get a bit lively. Oh, he's just dropped to 550 on mile eight. Who knows? So he's done that Wednesday. Thursday, he's gone 14.2 miles. 6.53 in the morning, you'll like this. 6.53 in the morning, he's gone 14.24 mi- 14.2 miles at 6.20s, 90 minutes. Um, so he's done three warm-up and then 55 minutes at 5.30s and two warm-down. So a bit of sub-threshold work by the looks of it. Um, I think he had a bit of GPS error again on one of the miles because I'll be... He's had so much GPS error that he's gone and done a manual upload afterwards for 1.1 miles. Must have been some big GPS error here. What's he done? Oh, he's dropped a 7.48 instead of a 6, by the looks of it. Not really entirely sure how that equates to 1.1 mile that he's added on for himself. But there you go. Um, that 1.1 mile, mile took him one second. I'm debating that. Friday's when he, he went out to Athens and he, he uploaded a run at three o'clock on the Friday. So he did eight miles at 6.47s around the centre of Athens, said, saw some massive spaceship looking thing and a lot of angry motorists. Now that spaceship thing, what do you reckon it is? I assume it's a very famous landmark in Athens. It must be. I'm just seeing where he ran, but I think it's is the Acropolis a thing? Sounds Acropolis. Greek. Yeah, we'll go for that. Anyway, so this is where Josh's week ends, according to Strava. Now, I asked him this earlier, asked him the question, what happened to the weekend? And he said he forgot to take his charger out of him. Are we believing? Surely Josh Lunn would not run without any watch. Or do you it's Casio run, did? isn't it? I tell you what, I don't know about you, but 
how do you feel going for a run and just like and I, I used to do this when I was younger I used to just check the time when I left the house and then I ran and then check the time when I got back yeah how would you feel about doing that now I don't think I could but then I guess we know where we run and we know how long it's going to take mm. like as far as distance wise so we'd have a general idea I just think when you're away from home I just can't. See. He must have had something to time him. Surely he would have taken his phone. He would have put Strava on his phone or something. I'm debating it happened. I will, I think Josh has gone on a bender. He's gone on so much of a bender that he can't make the show on the Monday. That's what we're gonna go with. Anyway, he'd done 61 miles up until Friday. So yeah, we'll have to get him to update us on the rest of the week. Maybe next week. But two, two more solid long runs in the week. Are you happy about Sorry, something? I've got um I've got Scott overall trying to video call me. Get him on. on the show. Yeah, you can just dial in. Send him the link. Get him on. He can talk for his week instead. Be more interesting. Um anyway. So that's Josh's week. Shall I go through my week while you're let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try and bring some excitement to this podcast this week because it's, it's getting it's pretty uh, it's pretty dull early doors. Go on then. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't. I, I was just waiting for you to talk about your week. I was hoping okay. you were going to bring some bring some flair to it. I don't know if I can bring flair, but I can talk through my week in a second. Just go to the right the right screen. Um, it's an interesting week again, Matt. As always with me, never a dull one. Um, You're an interesting person, though, so, you know. Monday night. goes hand in hand. I got out at 6pm Monday night for 9.78 miles at 7.03 pace. Um, I think Jenny came home early from work, so I managed to to get out. Um, It was pretty breezy, I think, Monday. So, loop a few hills on it, just around the villages. All good. so that was Monday. Tuesday, went down the cricket pitch as standard. And I was thinking of you on the cricket pitch because I've got an, an oval that I could use on, on the uh, on a cricket pitch. It's not far from, from where we live. Now, is it so? I don't know if this is standard for all cricket pitches, but are all like the, you know, the outside, the oval? Are they all measured to like a certain spec? No, they're all different. All completely oh, different. Um, even at like major grounds, they're just all they're all different shapes, all different lengths. So I'd just do a lap round there, mate, as hard as you can and see how far you think it is and guess. Um, but I I went down there, did a couple of two and a half mile warm up, and did monophartic so for anybody who doesn't know what monophartic is which i'm sure some of our british listeners don't it is two by 90 seconds four by a minute four by 30 seconds four by 15 seconds and the recoveries is the same length of time as the rep but at sort of a, a steady float type pace so it's a pretty good yeah, pretty tough little 20-minute workout, but 
if you push for time, like I was on this Tuesday, because I had to pick Eliza up from the nursery at half four, it was kind of all I could fit in. So I thought it's a good session, isn't it? If you if you push for time to get a good oh, value, a great one, yeah, good value for your time. Um, now I've done this at the cricket pitch before, and the best I've done is twenty and twenty laps in about a third of a lap. So I thought maybe. A, I can get I can get surely close to 20 laps, but I was just short of 19 laps. I was struggling. Uh, you know it's you know Mona's going to be tough when you get get to the end of the 90 second reps and you're already blowing. So I've got a question. Why are we calling all these fartleks after people? I like it. Well, it's his his he was the one who came up for it, I presume. But isn't there? There's there's loads of other ones as well, isn't there? What's a British? What's a British alternative to yeah, this? Yeah, we we we're not um we're too sort of. I, don't I, know. I quite like the fact that we name things like that. Like, well, it's not it's not it's in Australia, but yeah. So they've got like, we, they've got monophyletic Dick's quarters, and obviously in America you have got loads. You got the Michigan, and you got various other ones that they like to call things. I think we're just a bit too don't like to promote ourselves, maybe. So maybe mm. we can maybe you can you know, like Moose has tried to claim his fart look. Maybe you can come up from one map. Yeah, he's he's tried to do that a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. You might as well just call eight by three minutes your session or something. Ten by three minutes. But it's but it's one of them, isn't it? It's like everyone knows it. Yeah. Like yeah, we've a... had so many great runners in our history and we can't even develop a session and call it that, what everyone can do and everyone knows of within that, the running community. Do you know what I mean? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's 20 minutes of work where only 10 minutes is at the hard intensity. But it kind of works for, for most events. Like Mono used to do it during his marathon training. And if you were to come up with a session right now, I can guarantee you it'd be longer than 20 minutes for, you know, if you were creating a session. So it's an interesting one. That's why I quite like it. I think it's just a bit, a bit different. Um, so it shows you don't always need to have these mega long workouts to, to get, get quicker over some of the longer distances, I think. Um, but anyway, it was a bit of a shocker for me. So I'll revisit again in a few weeks to see what I can do. Um, so cool down there couple of miles called down then went to pick up Eliza from from nursery what we want to know Wednesday Wednesday I did nine miles at 724 so I ran with with Ruth and Philippa uh Philippa took a little slide it was a bit yeah it was a bit damp Josh said it was soggy it was a bit damp Wednesday started a run and took the first corner and Philippa did a little cleansman dive you know where you stretch your arms out and do a little slide on the floor that was nice. Oh yeah, I used to love them. We used to love love trying to do them. Um, yeah. in football. Maybe and then not. you realised when it's too dry, you just completely like smash your chest up. Maybe not on tarmac. Um, no, I wouldn't advise it on tarmac. <laughs> that's what she did. Anyway, she was fine. Um so we did a few laps of Burley and then I Do you know what? It's always a tough one. If I run down from from my house and run with those those guys then i have to run back up the hill it's like a 
probably about 2k uphill at the end of your run. It's not the most ideal way to finish a run. Um, so that was Wednesday morning. Now, Wednesday afternoon, I've done a job. I thought I'd do this for you, Matt. I thought you'd like this run. And now I was sat at my desk about 10 past four. And I was like, I've got something to do this afternoon. I need to do something. I couldn't think what it was. Then I realized the thing I needed to do was pick Eliza up from nursery. So went outside, realized I didn't have the car. I was going to borrow the mother-in-law's car, which is about a mile down the road. So I had a pair of Nike Air Max 90s, and that's what they're called. Little jumper Ooh. on, pair of casual shorts. Did a 1.1 mile down the road to pick up the car. 6.57 pace. I thought I'd strive for it for you. Just That's to... impressive. That's straight out the door as well. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... And that, that was your day, was it? I wouldn't... No, that was the afternoon of Wednesday. I wouldn't advise them for any sort of racing. They didn't have, like, any sort of responsiveness to them. They were just a bit flat. So... Old school. It does make you think that shoes they ran back in the day in. It's mad, isn't it? It is mad. Anyway. Um, Thursday... I had a, a pretty full-on day because, as I said, Jenny's been away or she was working late and things. Um, well, starting early and working late. So I couldn't get out at lunchtime when Eliza napped. And I'd considered calling, calling it a rest day. But I thought, how can I talk about this on the podcast, having a rest day? So nine o'clock, jumped on the treadmill and did a little progression on so I did 50, I sort of progressed every 15 minutes for an hour and then did 10 minutes cool down. So Nine o'clock at night? Not, yeah, I finished my run at about quarter past 10. I'd have been asleep. Well, How yeah. did you fall asleep after that? I, I managed to get to sleep okay at not long after 11. The main issue was... My cat was running around outside because he was waiting for me to go back inside to, to go in. So he was messing around. So I tried to get him in the house and I think I let him in the front door, but then I went upstairs for a shower. And then I thought to myself, so have I locked the front door? So I'll go downstairs and check. My front door was wide open. So it's a good job I did check. Otherwise, just go to sleep, leave the front door open. Um, anyway, Progression was fine. Watched second half of Arsenal Tottenham. Kept me occupied on the treadmill. Um, I don't know. It was one of those progression. I, I think pace-wise, maybe it is a little bit generous. But I didn't have my heart rate monitor out in the garage with me and I couldn't bother to go in and get it. So I sort of just ran it to feel. And it was one of, the, it was one of those ones where in the last 15-minute block, I sort of got to halfway and wasn't sure if I could finish it. So I knew I was working hard enough. So at least I did something of quality, I thought. Anyway, I thought you'd be impressed with a, a late run. I mean, it's, it's impressive as far as dedication goes. Um, but, I mean, 9pm, that's just ridiculous. Uh, I've got a little rant before you finish off the rest of the okay. week. Why is it Strava has changed this um, setup whereby if you click on someone's activity, mm. you have to click on like the actual 
top bit of the map or else if you click on the actual rotten of the map it takes you to the map it's really annoying yeah i think i saw that on the mobile the other day it is annoying we'll put in a request for them i think i've got a few requests to go with strava actually there's a few things they need on the mobile app like is it splits can you not see splits on the mobile app can i think it's if you've not got a membership with them i think no i do give you the basic i, th- I think you still can't see the there's something you can't see no, anyway no i think you can see i think if if you're looking at somebody else's strava if they have a membership i think they'll it'll show split but if you're if you're looking at somebody who doesn't ah. then i think that's the reason why potentially i could be wrong well we'll see so obviously i put all this effort in to go late on Thursday night, what does it result result in Friday? Day off. Again, I was parent. It makes sense. I went to forest school in the morning for Liza. So I did a little bit of exercise, um, chased after her. That was fun. What did she find? What did she find? She finds everything, mate. She she likes a chicken. She's good friends with chickens. Forest school and you're looking you're seeing chickens. So I thought it'd be like you know, frogs and worms and stuff. Well, there is a river, but it's, um, yeah, not advisable to let her go for a swim yet. Maybe in a few months. Yeah, I know, but like, I when I used to do forest school, or if what I can remember, is you just used to go into like a bit of, bit of a swamp land and you just used to pick whatever you could find, you know, whether it be in a, a, a worm or a bug or something, then you'd like jot it down in your little... This a little book to see you've seen this or whatever. This forest school is very posh, mate. It's exclusive. They've got like yurts and teepees and um, yeah. Very nice. Um, good setup. What are you trying to say about my uh, upbringing? I can just imagine from what you've been saying, mate. Don't need to say anymore. Um, Saturday. So I thought I'd do another session Saturday morning. So I've headed down the cricket pitch. Warmed up. Now, as I was warming up, they somebody from the cricket club was cutting the grass. So I thought, ideal. It's going to be perfect. Then I saw them setting up for kids cricket. So I sort of jogged around and said, oh, you got the kids on this morning. He's like, yeah, but you'll be fine running around the boundary. So I carried on warming up. Probably, I don't know, five minutes before I'd finished, I'd finished warming up, all the kids had arrived and had started. They'd set up on the infield, but right next to the back, probably like a metre from the boundary with their little cones. And they were doing like throwing drills and things. And this is like, I'm talking probably like six to 10 year olds. So not, not old kids. And I thought, first of all, I'm not going to hurt, go past them, like running fast, like within inches of them. And then second of all, their parents were stood at the clubhouse, which is probably about, I don't know, 10 metres from the boundary. So I would have been running in between the kids and the parents in a pair of Lycra shorts and a vest. I thought, nah, this isn't going to be a good look. So I thought I'd head up to the other cricket pitch, which is down the road. So I drove over to the other cricket pitch after I'd warmed up. They were fixing the fence and they had a big Jeep in front of it. And I thought, I can't be bothered to... These, these are lads I didn't know who they were. I thought, I can't be bothered to, to try and get in here. So I'll go home and I'll run from home. I got home, just went back to bed. So <laughs> that was sad. Um, um, 
And then oh, sat- Saturday afternoon, Brilliant. I went down to Night of Ten Thousands and I went down to watch Ben and he, he was racing one of the early races at half past three. And it was pretty warm. So I thought I'll, I'll do a bit of a cool down, warm up with some of the lads who are running later. But, you know, when you're down at one of those events and you're in like normal clothes, you're like, do I want to get sweaty and then come back and stand in it? I was like, no. So I just binned off Saturday too, pretty much. So Friday and Saturday were pretty much a write-off after being so dedicated on Thursday. So Sunday, I thought, I'm going to have to do something here. If I'm going to have to go on the podcast and explain this again, I'm going to have to up my game. So I tried my best to find somebody to run with. Um, and nobody was around. I said to Jenny, I was like, what are you doing today? She said, I'm going to go to Grantham to see my friends, which is Grantham's about 23 miles away. I thought, great. I'm just going to run there then. Problem being, I hadn't really looked at the route. And second of all, the day before at Highgate, night of 10,000s even, I didn't really eat. And I probably had only like a single bottle of water. So it was pretty dehydrated at the start of the run. And Sunday was pretty warm here. Was it warm where you are? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bit of a crappy, crappy morning, but it was humid, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's probably about 20, 21, something when I, because I didn't step out to half 10. So <laughs> I go on this run. I got about 14 mile in. And honestly, I think every mile I went up and down a massive hill. So if you look at that run, I ended up doing 30K, like 18.75 mile, 1,200 odd feet of elevation in that run. And it was just constant. But anyway, I got to about 14 mile, went for a wee, and my wee was like kind of bright yellow. And I wasn't feeling great. And I thought, this isn't good. I should probably call. So I phoned Jenny up and was like, well, I'm not even really near Grantham. Can you come pick me up? And she sort of said, well, she needs to give Eliza lunch and she's trying. So I just kept running for a bit longer. I got as far as I could, but it was an effort. So I ended up doing, let's say, 30K at, so two hours eight at 6.52s with plenty of elevation. And so did you get I, picked up? Yeah. What have I learned from this, Matthew? I've learned to hydrate, to not decide things on the spur of the moment. Um, Was this a new route? Well, I just knew the, the rough way to grant them and just ran in that direction. I just tried to pick the back roads because you can literally, for mine to grant them, you can go up the A1. Obviously, I didn't want to run up the A1. So I took kind of back roads I knew, but I'd never really ran on them before. I didn't realize they were so hilly. So, yeah, that was a mistake. Um, so, in future, the moral of this story is to get your runs done on a Friday and Saturday that you don't feel like you need to go to Sunday and make up for it. So, that's my takeaways and the other takeaway is never do that <laughs> and actually make up your runs on one run to make up your week yeah i had this discussion with with nick on saturday night and i think the problem when you when you coach yourself 
you still need to plan it properly for the week at least if you're going into sessions not really having an idea i can go into a session sometimes and change it three times on a warm-up which is never never ideal so yeah i, I to- think you've got a you've got i think that's the thing with having a coach is it's being accountable isn't it or having something to follow I always find it quite easy for myself, like as far as coaching, um, because I I know I've got a rough idea of what I'm going to do for the week, and I'll just sort of play it by ear. Yeah. But then the nice thing is, is that you've got that opportunity and flexibility to change things if if it's you know if you've got had a busy day at work or you're a bit knackered from having having your kids all day or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But that's why you've sort of got to. You still got to have a rough idea of what you want to do. Um, I just haven't given myself any time. Anyway, so I planned out. I'm going to race, and I am going to race. Summer solstice. I think it's the 16th of June. It's Friday, 16th of June. So four and a half weeks time. I'm there. I'll be back. You've got a plan. I'm going to go sub 31. I don't. I don't know. You've heard it here first. I'm going to go for 31 minutes. Anyway, Matthew, let's go through your week because I've talked enough already tonight. All right, let's do it. So, Monday. What date was that? The ninth. Four miles, 4.41 a.m., people. 7.02 pace. Um, I had a what? conference. I thought I used to think you were impressive um, until I, Thanks, re- I, re- I recently started coaching an athlete who lives less than a mile away from you, Matthew, and um, saw his runs are even earlier than yours. So you need Who's to that? sort your game out. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air, maybe. Okay. I don't know if you want to I, I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping you know his name, though. You I, do, I do know his name. I don't know. Um, all right, so that was four miles, 702 pace. So, yeah, so I was at a conference Monday, Tuesday, and I was like, oh, I don't think I'll be able to get much in for two days. So I thought I'd get a little something else. I'm going to be sat on my ass or standing up, doing not a lot and just um, yapping away. So um, that was Monday morning. I got out again in the evening, actually. Um, I was staying uh, in the mailbox. Um in Birmingham. area yeah um which was decent so i decided to stay in uh hotel indigo actually right by the canal perfect really perfect location uh hotel not not so bad um so i left my charger there actually so i still need to go and pick that up so i got out in the evening got five miles done 717 pace um my Achilles is really sore actually uh, this night and I was kind of like oh, really I don't know whether doing doubles is just I'm just not ready to do double runs and to be honest I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll do them um, much going forward either I just I think it, I don't know whether it just it likes that sort of 24 hours of like no load so that was Monday evening uh, went out in Birmingham that night um, which is good and then Tuesday morning I actually got out of the hotel. I walked over the bridge and I was about to start my watch. And I was like, Do you know what? I just can't be asked <laughs> to run at all. Um, I 
got out. I did four miles, seven eighteen pace. Um, the canal there is really good. I'm trying to actually see if I can name the, the canal it's on or the path it's on. It's on the uh, yeah, it's on the, the main canal in Birmingham. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many canals there are in Birmingham, but it's the worst. It must be. It must Birmingham be cool. Canal. It must be cool. Something more than the main canal, surely. Well, it's the Worcester and Birmingham Canal, so it's the there one. I, I assume that's the main one. But why do you assume that's I, the main one? Well, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It, it looked like a, it looked like a, it looked like a solid canal. <laughs> you go past um, Edge, go past Edge Baston. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, oh, you know, that that'll be the one. Um, it's it's a really um, decent canal, actually. It's uh, it's pretty wide, but. Um, some of the cyclists think they're bloody free and going past you. Um, got some dirty looks, but that's fine. It's the usual thing for me. So that was that was Tuesday. Um, that was all I did Tuesday. Didn't do anything else. Um, and then Wednesday evening. I I mean I guess I'm I'm going to call this my first race back um, officially. So this was Border League. So basically all the all the surrounding clubs. Um, I don't know how many fixtures they are. I think it's six, could be less, could be more. Uh, anyway, they, they run throughout the sort of few months. Um, and yeah, so the, the course um, was, I mean, twisty, extremely twisty. I think that's the, so, I think that's the same course as we did on the relays. No, it's not. You would have gone out um, and then round. Um, so I asked a couple of boys about it, actually, and uh, there's a bit where it goes really, like, uh, twisty. Um, that part there is where you go up and round for the relays. At Birkenhead, I'm sure. Yeah, so I I'll, believe you I'll go Ash, Asheville Road and then back into the park on Park Drive. Maybe you could be right. Um, which would have been perfect because that's like a lovely loop. Um, so I was running for Wrexham last. The last this was the last round as well. So um, first time uh, repping the uh, the Maroon Army. So um, I actually felt really shit that night. Big Dan Weston picked me up, um, which was good of him. So oh, yeah, I've just seen that. I've I was too zoomed in on your thing. I thought that was the whole park, but yeah, there's a whole big part of the park over the other side of the road, which you didn't do. Yeah. 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 So it was four miles there or thereabouts. Um, I sort of went off. There was a couple of boys ahead of me um, who went out like madman, which was fine. Um, everyone gets excited. So they went off. I just sort of and sat behind them for the first sort of K, 2K. Um, and then, yeah, and then every time I hit a, hit a bend, I was literally, like, stopping because I just couldn't get around the bends. There's one uh, um, on the map where it's literally, like, it's, like, full-on, like, 180-degree turns. Happen. And, yeah, and literally I got the second time round because it was, like, three and a quarter laps. I was literally stopping and turning because I couldn't get around these bends. I'm awful when it comes to agility on like bends and stuff. I'm not good. Uh, were you wearing Vaporfly? Yeah. 
Yeah, which makes it even worse, I find. I remember the first time I put on those, that when the old 4% was at Sutton Park, and you know, you do that little sort of hairpin there at the bottom of the, you go up the hill and you turn left, you do that little dog leg thing. I was back 10 metres onto the grass around that corner. I'm, I'm awful when it comes to Ben's. I've always, I always have been. And to be fair, you know, I feel like Ben's shoes do actually help you. But when it's like a proper hairpin, mm. you're best off with the low profile stuff, aren't you? I think so. Who knows? But yeah, it was good. I mean, it was, it was quite crowded. So you took um, the win? Took the W, which was nice. I felt like shit. And then... Um, I took Dan to, well, Dan took me because he was driving, but we went to McDonald's after. Absolutely blew his, blew his mind uh, and asked, because I assume he's not asked for any other sauces uh, apart from ketchup. What did you ask his, for? To dip his fries in curry sauce. You asked for curry sauce at McDonald's? Yeah. You're a mad fan. Have you, never, have you not had the curry sauce? No. I'm not a curry Listeners, sauce guy. Listeners, if, if you've not had the curry sauce, dip that in your fries. It's a game changer. What, what else did you get from Mackey's? I had a grand bacon Big Mac, large fries. And do you know what? I'm never satisfied when it comes to McDonald's. I'll have like a full-on meal and I'm like, do you know what? I'm still, I'm still hungry. And um, we were eating it in the car. And um, fair play to Dan, actually, trying to eat his Big Mac in the car, driving back. That's impressive. Um, it was impressive because mine was messy. I was I was all over the shop. I didn't even have any napkins, so I, I was. It was yeah. It was a, it was a side. So that was that was Wednesday. So that was good. Um, Thursday, ten and a half miles, uh, seven ten pace. Uh, Ash Brown actually has commented again about the tapering um, of next week for my uh, ankle weight as well. So some uh, I, I did I did comment. So that was a beautiful comment and very knowledgeable of him to to suggest the the tapering. He so also I will, I, he also commented about the different color thing, which I don't think we pulled Josh up on recently. He said Josh when we asked Josh about his multicolored shoes, he says that's how they come. Have you seen anybody else in multicolored shoes? No. No, neither have I. I don't believe it's he's talking. They don't, they don't, they don't sell them, mate. They don't but sell them. He's talking rubbish, isn't he? He's just trying to copy his idol, isn't he? Yeah. So um, so yeah, so I I have taken on board uh, Ashley's advice and I, I will be uh, dropping the ankle weights this week. So that was Thursday. Friday, eight and a half miles plus hills, 6.43. And then Saturday, Saturday session. I'm trying to think where I was Friday, actually. I think I was just, yeah, I was just at home. So Saturday session, absolutely beautiful morning. Lovely. Um, so warmed up, listened to a bit of uh, a bit of rich roll, actually, with uh, Brad Stolberg. It's quite an interesting, interesting listen. Who's so it? he has got a book out called uh, "The Importance of Ground Ground Groundness Groundiness." I should know. Anyway, it's a good listen, and it, it, it's a, it's a good read. I'm not I'm not read much. So 
the session itself was, do you know what? I was going to go to the Wrexham Industrial Estate and do a little bit of a different session, but I couldn't be asked, so I just did something out outside my front door. So, standard session, 10 by 3 minutes, keep it simple. Um, sort of aimed at t- to hit around 29 flat pace for the, for the Ks. So I was sort of hitting between 250 and 254 for the Ks and then obviously running on to three minutes. One minute sort of walk rest. I think this is probably the, one of the quickest I've, I've done. So, you know, puts me in a good sort of position as far as where I'm at for a 10K. And yeah, it was an absolutely beautiful morning. I listened to anthems, anthems, um, to listen to anthems, Spotify. It was like a, it's like a, a mix. It's quite interesting. Hey, you've got a picture of Pat laying up on your Strava. It um, looks very good surface, mate. It's beautiful, mate. It's lovely. Um, a few people commented to say they expected it to be to be seedier. I expect. So I'm sure. I sort of expected it to just be like. I don't know, a load of bushes either side and just some dodgy wastelands. That's how I pictured it. I mean, this is my this is my neighbourhood you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful neighbourhood, beautiful part of the world. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the tarmac's decent. They tarmacked it about two years ago, so it, it's good. So this rep, which is in the pitch, that was that was the first rep. That was my fastest rep. Um, so I did a I did an alright job there of actually smiling. On that rep, yeah, good. Um, so that was that was Saturday, which is decent. I enjoyed that. I was a bit knackered after actually, because um, I've not really done a session at a volume of ten k. So that's probably my first session back where I've done that. Watched a bit of the Highgate, which is good as well. Saturday night, so I watched all of that. Um, woke up Sunday morning, didn't sleep a wink because I was just like, Too I excited. didn't normally watch. Well. I wasn't excited, but I don't normally watch. Like, I'm probably a little bit too um, sort of, I don't know, um, stimulated, I guess, from just watching telly all night. Do you know what I mean? It's it too excited for a Sunday run like Josh is. Just couldn't wait. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't excited for the run, mate. I was just, I was too, I just couldn't sleep because of the bright lights. The bright lights are high game. So, um, so I just went out and did 15 miles, 62 pace. Um, plus plus weights, so plus my ankle weights as well. So that was good. Um, nothing to report on that. Just just a standard sort of out went around the went around the industrial state and then came back. So felt all right. Um, which is sixty brings me to sixty seven miles for the week. It seems like you did a lot more running in that week than I did, and I think I hit sixty two. So I'm not too disappointed there. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I can't really. I got I got two decent sessions in there. I got a long run in. I'm ticking boxes. I just my body can't my body can't hack this. You know, 80, 90, 100 mile weeks just just can't do it anymore. I mean, maybe it will one day, but I'm just not in a position where my body can handle it. Okay, well, hopefully you have a good run at Manchester, and then it's it's all good. Um, right. Weston's wise words. See, has he delighted you with anything on his on your long trip to, to Birkenhead? 
Bear with me. Someone's trying to call me on my phone. It's coming up on my iPad. Um, yes, I have one. Bear with me. South Shields. Had a call coming from. Who's, who's um, who lives there? I don't know. So, yes, I do have a Western's wise words. Doesn't Cheryl Cole live there? Yeah, it could be Cheryl. Um, all right, here we go. You may think that your training has no impact on the community, but um, okay, let me start again. You may think that your training has no impact on the community, but be encouraged. Just jogging on your local streets is making a difference. If you saw something suspicious, you'd report it. If you saw someone in trouble, you'd help. Us, the joggers, are on patrol. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has stopped to pick up a wheelie bin, picked up rubbish and reported something to the local council. Brackets, dead animals. It's, it's quite wild around here. Um, Let's stay united, joggers. Let's keep Britain patrolled. So there, there you go. go. Britain and the it's rest true, of the though, world. It's true, though, isn't it? It is true. Like, you don't realise, but if there's something out of place when you're jogging around, you gen- generally, like, you know, say something, don't you? Or Yeah. What's the weird? Or you act upon it. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen anything weird going on before? Um, I guess, yeah. Like, there's loads of things, isn't there? I mean... I just can't really pick, pinpoint a, a time where there was something where it was just... I was on a, a run once from my parents-in-laws, uh, the in-laws, as they could be called, and I was about a mile away from the house down a, a little little, light, little lane, and there was a car in a, a lay-by just fully on fire, just ran past. I did look to see if anyone was inside. There wasn't, so I just kept running. I've noticed a lot at the moment. I don't know whether it's a summer thing, but um, these little canisters for like, because like, um, you put yeah. them in like, you get a high one, don't you? They're in London. If you go to London, I remember, it's a big half or maybe even London Marathon, just walk around the streets after a, a Saturday night. It's everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. It's like, is it like, what is it? Get laughing gas stuff. Yeah. Is it called Whip uh, something W? I don't know, mate. We're going to show our age now. We should probably stop. What's, what's wrong with people? Like, <laughs> I thought, I used to use them when I used to work as a barista many, many years ago uh, for whipping cream. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you put them in barista? the big canisters. Wait, You're a barista? Yeah. Can you do latte art? Absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna have to get one of these. This is yeah. This was oh, we're talking years ago now. When I was when I was uh, uh, back in my student days. For any particular, but yeah, cha- we used to like any particular chain or independent. It was independent. Okay. Good. So there you go. There you go. Whipping cream, gas. Yeah, don't do it, kids. Why? Why do you need um, gas for whipping cream? You just use the steam wand. No, it's like because it, so one of them little canister things, cylinders. If you screw them in to like a, 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 this big like big thing, <laughs> <laughs> like cylinder thing, and then it like the pressure, um, the carbonation, it like it, it, it aerates, doesn't it? And then it comes out as whipping cream. Okay, fair enough. I'll believe you. Yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. Let's move on from this 
um, whipping cream chat and why don't people just go out and just enjoy themselves and just have like you know just a little drink you know just I don't know I just don't understand it we've all got everyone's taking shortcuts to for what yeah maybe I'll have to ask Josh about this one he's down with the kids isn't he Um, so I was going to have a little moan do you know what after I spoke to Pochi I thought maybe it's maybe it's not the best thing to moan because what Poach, when I spoke to Ben Poachy last week, but he said, you know, you've got to have some collective responsibility. So if you see something wrong, then you might as well do something about it. So maybe I need to start actually acting on these moans, but I'll still have a moan anyway. Um, Commonwealth Games marathon selection was the other week and we forgot to mention it. So Johnny Mellow got selected, yes, for, got selected for England um, for the Commonwealths in Birmingham. And Georgina Schweining, I think is how you pronounce her, her name, could have murdered that, got selected for the women. Um, now, there's obviously spots. Well, there's not spots. There's, you could take three men and three women to the Games. And you go back to the, like, the likes of Delhi in 2010, and we took four teams. Now... We can't this time around because of the numbers. And I think we're allowed as athletics, 64 runners or sorry, 64 athletes in the whole England team. That's how many spots are available. And I think if you go back to Delhi 2010, we had, we were given 92 spots. So my question is, why have we reduced the number of spots by like a third, which then means because the way they select these teams, as I understand it, is they look at medal potential. And when you go through some of the track races and look at top eights in the 100, 200, 400 relays, it's quite easy to say an athlete can make the final, especially in the Commonwealth Games. So they get selected. Then you get down to the marathon. And it's difficult on paper to say you're going to be a, a medal contender isn't it when you've got the kenyans you've got the ugandans you've got australia or whoever um it is more difficult so therefore we don't get these full teams selected but what all that does surely is undervalue the competition so i can't see the commonwealth games lasting much longer at this rate because it's just not really it's not really going to inspire much is it you've got home games you've got one English man running around the streets. Um, what's your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I think, uh, well, weren't they on about scrapping it uh, in years to come? They are looking at scrapping it. It's in South Africa next, I believe. I want to say it's in Durban. Or is it? Potentially. It's in Australia. It's in, um, in the boys' neck of the woods, isn't it? It's in Victoria. I'm not sure. Um, my, my thoughts are, I think... Take the take the marathon for example. We didn't think that the boys who did so well, um, Robbie Simpson, Kev Seawood, you know, yeah, they 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 definitely weren't considered to be uh, medal contending athletes at all. They they were just, I mean, fantastic athletes in their own right, but they were just athletes to fill a field. Yeah, like being honest. Mm-hmm. So and and they obviously did far better than the than you know 
than the teams thought they would. Yeah, Robbie got bronze and, and Kev was fourth. Yeah. So, um, and then it, I guess it brings it back around to this whole athlete allocation and medal potential and all that. But I think when it comes to home games and we've just got one Englishman, one English woman just jogging around, it's like surely we could have taken a, a bit more advantage of that and actually had like, it, I mean, as, as a fan of the sport, you'd think, wow, how amazing would that be to have two like two full English teams running around in their own nation yeah. in the streets of Birmingham. So I think when it comes down to that, I think it would have been right to have full teams. But I guess they have. It, it's a bigger picture sort of scenario, isn't it? As far it as other sports. But I don't understand. So the allocation, I think, is down to accommodation. But, you know, when it's a home game, surely just... I'm sure the athletes would just drive up there themselves if they got picked <laughs> you know if they live live in England it just doesn't make sense but I, I don't think... know whether don't, as, a, as a, um, a home games do you not get more like um, allocation of athletes or not well, pretend, pretend, well it's definitely less than we used to have um, I think some of our allocations gone to these other sports that have been introduced but it it doesn't seem like you've got enough spaces to <laughs> to fill a squad like if you're going to have every distance in athletics then surely give it enough spaces it just seems a bit backwards so i i understand england athletics hands are tied it's not their it's not their want really to to not send a full team but like the commonwealth games used to be a stepping stone didn't it, it used to be you'd get into a commonwealth games team then you'd look to make a, a world champs then you'd look to make the olympics I just think without that that sort of competition there, there's just a big jump, isn't there? For the likes of somebody running, I don't know, 213, 214, it always used to be a good... I mean, it used to be 218 back in the day to get in the Commonwealth team. But, but yeah, it just seems a shame. And um, especially when, when we know that distance running is what holds up the whole sport of athletics because that is where the mass partis- mass participation and interest is. It just seems odd that you wouldn't fill a race. It's just going to... That race, if you can look at, look at it on paper, I can't imagine there's going to be much more than 20 in each field, is there? It's just no. bizarre. Very bizarre. Because I, 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 bet, I bet a lot of other countries have thought the exact same thing. It's like, oh, we've got um, six or four or whatever swimmers who are gonna have got more potential to medal than you know three athletes running the marathon. I think it's it, it is a shame, and um, I, I guess when you think of it as far as marathon running and trying to promote the sport, the sport in your home your home nation, and you know trying to grow it from a grassroots perspective, I think it's really hard to to say, oh, we're doing such a good job as, as far as um, pushing the sport of, of road running, let's say, just take road running, for instance, not just track. I think it's really hard to for English people to get inspired by the, the fact that we've only got one, two people representing our country at a home, at a home game. Yeah. So my, my hope out of it all is, is we do still have some international competition as home nations. I think that's what we need more of. I was having this conversation because 
obviously we send these teams out to like the likes of Frankfurt Marathon. It's all well and good getting an England vest. Like it's lovely, but you want to be racing other countries. You want some form of competition. So if that's not happening at the Commonwealth Games, maybe we can set it up at another race and it'd be good to have some sort of, you know, team competition. They used to have it loads of it in the seventies and eighties, didn't they? Like competitions amongst England versus Spain versus whoever. Um, and I think that's good. You know, it, it just means you're not just going out to these marathons just to look for a PB. You can have some sort of element of competitions. So. Well, it's like the whole thing with the U S versus Europe. Um, set up that they, they they had before like you know sort of like the Ryder Cup situation yeah I think stuff like that was really like good it's like making more opportunities available for athletes who are still developing and and they're coming through the ranks because that's going to keep keep the athletes inspired but then like how many times have people like had conversations about the fact that there's just nothing there and it'll just keep going round and round and round for years on end it will but I think there's a few people who are making some changes i won't mention them right now because i don't think they're confirmed but i think there might be a few more inter-country competitions on the cards so yeah i know i know things are changing so yeah. um, hopefully for, you know for, for, for the better so we'll flip that onto something good for the sport uh, we'll go into the news uh night of 10,000 meters was on saturday evening i went down and it's honestly it's incredible how much that event has come on in the last nine years, you know, from, from a meet of 50 people and being told there was no appetite for 10,000 meter running to have, what did they have in the end? I've forgotten how many races they had now, like was it eight races full of 40 athletes per race. And that was only, I think the entry requirements was sub 32, 30 potentially for the men. So they could have filled probably double that races if they had extended it out. Um, and yeah, so they started, I mean, it was for some of the early races, a bit, a bit warm. Um, I think until the sun started to go down, um, it was potentially a little bit warm, but by the, by the time we got around to the sort of sharp end of the racing, it was perfect conditions, light winds, um, nice it was warm but not too hot um so exactly what you'd want for the 10,000 meter running and we'll start off the start off the women's race um the women's a, let's start off the women's a race or the uk champs race and Ailish McColgan dropped out in the week so it was a bit of I don't know um on paper there was a few sort of standout names and I sort of thought Jess Judd would be the pre-race favorite but it was Sam Harrison who, who took the race by the scruff of the neck, probably, what, about 6K in, was it, where she sort of dropped the hammer? Because I think they started to fall off the, the world champs pace, um, which was 31... 31.25. 31.25, there you go. Um, and, and, yeah, so she, she decided to wind it up. And Jess Judd, I think, was pretty content at that stage to still just watch it all happen, knowing that she had the Jess Judd kick that we know she has. You know, she was almost certain that she was going to run a fast lap and be able to, to pick it up. So, and that's exactly what she did, didn't she? She, um, she wound up and finished in 
in 31-22, secured her spot to Eugene. Um, and it was Amy Eloise Markovic who came past Sam Harrison almost in the, the last lap, I think, too. To me, they both secured the in uh, the European champs qualification. Do you know what? It made it so complicated having world champs qualifiers, European champs qualifiers, and then you had individual Commonwealth qualifiers for the Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and England. And I was trying to help out with the commentary, trying to feed some stats in. Oh, it was it was tough. It was a it was a tough evening for us. Us up in the commentary as well, but um, well, fair play to um, Samantha Harrison, um, yep. for being pretty ballsy and get and just taking it on because that race was was gonna uh, personally, I think it's gonna be a bit of a flop, yeah, it was gonna peak because out, if she yeah. didn't, if she didn't generate any sort of pace going after what five or six K, then it, it would have, I don't think it would have been the race it, it turned out to be, yeah, exactly. Um, in fourth. Um, I think Sarah Inglis secured the Scottish Commonwealth Games standard running 3139. Um, and I think Hannah Irwin got the Northern Irish Commonwealth Games. I think she set a Northern Ireland record with 3225. She's inside that standard too. Um, obviously, in between those, there was Izzy Batdoyle from Australia, 3140. And um, I think the Netherlands athlete, Yonkman, was was in sixth. So, um, yeah, some really strong runs. I thought Lauren Hayes was impressive in eight, 32, 26. Um, I don't know how she does it sort of with her. I think her daughter is what, probably about 16 months and full-time doctor, is she? It's not bad going to run 32, 26, um, 10,000 metres. So, so yeah, I think, yeah, it was a good race. Um, kind of predictable, though, I thought. of Once you saw, it was only Sam Harrison that I thought Jess Judd's going to reel her in. Um, should we talk? We'll talk also about the, the men's, the men's B race, but it was more like the men's domestic race, wasn't it? Um, I think if you were a low 29 or somebody of your calibre, Matt, would you have rather been in this B race or the, the A race? Oh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I mean, if you ask me if I was fit and targeting it, I don't know because it's one of them, isn't it? Because it's nice to be at the top end of, of, of a race, but then how deep the A race was, you could, you could get lost yeah. in a good way. Yeah. But the B race was... was, was very impressive. Um, I think it's the the most exciting, probably the most exciting race of the night. Um, and it was led out by, by Adam Craig early on, who I hear has had a few niggles. Um, so when he faded away, I think Dean Casey, the 18-year-old from Ireland, took it on and got a bit of a gap. And it was only in the last lap that Cavagna from Italy sort of pulled alongside him. Then there must have been four occasions where they... They comfortably passed each other, didn't they? You know, sort of gapped each other, but they went to and fro almost to the line when Dean Casey came back. When you thought he was beat, he came back from nowhere. And, you know, both of them broke 29 minutes in the end, 28.57 for, for both of them. And uh, under 20 Ireland record for 
for Dean Casey, unsurprisingly. Um, 18-year-old, 28-57 is not bad, is it? Fantastic. I mean, the way the way he raced as well, like and how he came back, he's going to be a he's going to be a, you know, he's got a, he's got a bright future ahead of him. And I'll give a special shout out to a couple of the old boys. Um, although, what I like in results, first of all, Ollie Fox is you know they've got the categories. Ollie Fox is down as male one hundred and forty, so I'm pretty sure he's not over the age of one hundred and forty. All right. <laughs> Anyway, the, the, what I was going to give a shout out to was that the two vets, Ali Watson and Andy Davies. Did you think that? Did you think that was going to be fun? That was you thought that was going to be funnier when you uh, when you came out. It wasn't funny, was it? <laughs> no, I just saw it on the screen, mate. But anyway, if you don't find it funny, it's fine. No, it's okay. I'm sure everyone finds. He got first hilarious. position. He got first position in the M140 though. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Good Gave for him. Um, we thought for for a while that they could potentially attack the British male M40 10,000 metre record, which is 29.25 for Paul Evans. Um, they didn't quite get there, but Ali Watson finished in 29.44, which is a track PB for Ali. He's 44 years of age, so next year he's in the next category. So, it's, uh, that is so impressive. Yeah. Um, so we'll get Ali Watson on the show um, soon. Andy Davies, who we've had on the show, was was next in that category. He ran 29.52. And the, again, the thing you've got to love about Andy Davies is he started that race at the back. And the base splits are beautiful. Yeah, I've not actually looked at splits, but let's have a quick look. He, he, I just remember looking up a few times and seeing Andy's at the back. He's going to come through. He'll come through. And then... But I don't know about you, but these lights, these pacing lights... They burnt so many runners that night mm. because I don't know. I don't know what it is, but everyone was like trying to hold on to these, hold on to these lights as long as they could. And you saw so many athletes just dying after about four or five k. Well, yeah. Let's so let's. I was just quickly looking at Andy's splits. Fourteen fifty three. He went through um, the five k mark in. So. That's bang on. He's he has passed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten athletes. No, eleven, twelve, thirteen athletes in that second half, and as well as the ones who dropped out. So yeah. Just to show. That's the way to race it, boys. Um but yeah, some good performances from from some domestic athletes there and let's go on to the the main men's race of the evening which um yeah was do you know what it's it's always crazy because you know well Cripper took the win in 2716 in the end and he was lapping athletes at just after 5k who were running 29 flat pace and that's what I'm saying it's difficult to I was speaking to somebody today who said, oh, the race wasn't as exciting as the women's on the on the domestic front. But I think it's that. It's that how quality that feel, you know, 27-16 is quality running. Like it's incredibly fast. So um, so anyway, yeah, Cripper. Yeah, but if you take if you take Cripper, Atkins and um Caress out, then 
it's pretty much a, a full body race. Yeah. So, so Cripper took the win 27-16. Um, Sam Atkin and, and Emil Crest sort of pulled away from the, the other British guys and Sam took the, the British win in the end in 27-31 from Emil in 27-34. Um, ben Connor, Jake Smith, potentially Jack Rowe were sort of up there early on. Um, ben Connor ran phenomenally, I thought, to, to run 27-51. <laughs> you know, you talk about thir- third Brit in sub-28. It's, it's crazy it's time. Impressive. Jake just missed out on sub-28 with 28-01. Um, and you go down that list. I mean, the likes of Chris Jones, 28-48. I don't know how he does it. He runs orienteering all for the last few months and pops out at 28-48, 10,000 metres. Um, so, yeah, fantastic event again. And, you know, the more of that we can get on, I think the better it's, it's just an incredible night all round. They've obviously had the introduction of the miles this year, which, which added a little bit to it, but, but yeah, quality. Um, we'll just quickly run through a couple more results. BMC was also on Saturday night, same time as the, the 10,000 meter races. Um, and there was a few qualifying marks made, I believe, uh, British record for Amy Pratt over the 2,000 metre steeplechase, but I want to say Amy had had already ran earlier that week. I think did she run under nine minutes for the 3,000 metres? I think she ran 8:59 at, at Birmingham midweek on the flat. So she's obviously in, in good shape. Um, I think I saw. The men's 5,000 was, was pretty rapid. Um, it was won by an Israeli. Was it Derba Ale in, in 13.46? Have you seen the results? I haven't, no. I've not seen any of, high, of um, the BMC. I think it, it got lost a little bit, didn't it? In the, yeah. In the fact that you've got... Well, I'll tell you what did get lost. There was County Champs on as well this weekend, which was even more bonkers. But... Let's have a quick look at the 5,000 metre races because there was some fast performances. So Ben McMillan from Central ran 13.51. Jack Goodwin from Bedford, 13.51, which is a nice little PB for Jack. Good to see him back. That race is strong. Um, Dave Malarkey, 13.52. Luke Duffy, 13.58. Ben Patrickus, 13.59. So quite a few boys under 14 minutes on the track. Good to see. Um, in the women's, it was also pretty quick. 15.41 for the win for Annabelle Simpson and 15.47 for Alex Milliard. Um, 15.53 for Megan Keith. So, yeah, I think it was a pretty perfect night for racing, wasn't it, Saturday evening? So, not surprised to see some fast times there. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we've already talked about the big race of the week at the Borders League, so we don't need to go into that anymore. Matt Clouds at the win. Um, anything else that I know there's Diamond League on, but was it really any any distance racing Brits wise? Was there at the Diamond League? Uh, I mean, it wasn't amazing. The first one though was never amazing. Uh, there's Kafili 10k. Oh, yeah, Dowie, yeah. Um, he won 29 39, actually, not better. Is your course um, record? It was, yeah, a few years ago. 
Um, yeah, fantastic uh, result from him on that course. And then uh, I can't remember the lady's name. She's a, a Ponty athlete. She she ran really well as well. Oh, I've got it here. Dowie took the win, 29-39. Abid Tawell de Bran, 30-20. And Lloyd Shepard-Brown, 30-57. Olivia Sim, 35-44. She was ahead of Lauren Cooper in 36-39 and Donna Morris in 36-52. That's the results. Most of the results for the week. What do you think Josh is going to be up to next week? In regards to oh, just his week. Well, I know he's he's going out tonight, isn't he, for his, his birthday? So um, I'm sure that'll be fun. Do you reckon any of the listeners got present? Um, to be honest, I, can, I, I I forgot it was his birthday. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, someone's got him something. Um, and then I don't know what his week's looking like. Probably gaming or something, isn't he? Okay. What are you up to? Um, I am. I've got a session Wednesday, and um, and then basically everything then will be um, getting ready for Manchester on Sunday. Oh, is it this Sunday? Yeah. There we go. Get some. We'll get the download on that next week. Um, I'm actually this weekend going to Prague. It turns out, so I'm Love in Prague. Prague. From Saturday morning through to Monday evening. No, me and Jenny are. Oh, uh, lovely. Romantic lovely, weekend away. Romantic weekend away. Yeah, Liza's staying here with the, the grandparents. So that's a bit of a break. We um, also will, we do need to uh, recap um, our lovely polar watches as well. We can do we'll, that next week. On we'll do show. that next week. We'll give you and Josh a chance to properly try them out. Um, so, so yeah, I think next week I'll be in Prague. I'll dial in. Hopefully we've got a fast time from Matt at Manchester. I'm going to try and get a full week's running. I've, I've put it into training peaks. That means it's going to happen, surely. Um, Absolutely. And we'll try and get Josh back on the show. And also by the time this comes out on Wednesday, hopefully I've had an interview with, I'm going to say it, with Sam Atkin, who was the first Brit home at Highgate. So Hopefully there's a nice little 45-minute chat with Sam um, to enjoy. So if I do manage to get that, that'll be up next. But for now, Matthew, good night, and I'll see you next week. Awesome. Have a good week. Cheers, mate.